You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church San Diego. For more information on our church, go to c3sandiego.com. Let me just share a couple things about vision builders and why um, it's so important. It's so important that we as a church participate in vision building. Uh, We're believing that our church's footprint in this city will be advanced and enlarged so that we can disciple and impact the city we've been called to reach. That's the vision builder's mandate is we're called to grow and expand. We're believing that Jesus Christ and his reputation and representation will be advanced in our generation. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to be a part of a generation that God could count on? That he had a, a, something in his heart to get done. And he chose you to be the catalyst to bring about his will. And I feel like Vision Builders is that thing that when God is like trying to expand his universe, the kingdom of God universe in a city, he has to find a people who will think and agree and partner with him. But imagine if you were the, a part of the generation that dropped the ball, lost ground for the kingdom of God. That, that makes me nervous. I don't want it to be said of me that I had the vision of C3 with a pastor that had the audacity to take the entire city, but that I somehow scaled back and played safe, played small, went weak, went timid, got intimidated, But I believe that we're supposed to, especially this North Campus, we're supposed to be a part of a generation that takes ground. Vision Builders is that activity. This is a a ground-taking part of our our movement, Vision Builders is. It's funny, you know, Pastor Juergen, early on in his days, he watched, you know, he he just wanted to be faithful to to God his entire life. And he was watching high-level ministers struggle with moral failure. And he was like asking Phil Pringle one day, hey, I don't want to fall. I don't want to screw up. I don't want to have all this influence and then let people down. How do I like stay up? Phil Pringle said three things. Spend your own money. Sleep with your own wife. (laughs) Thank God for that marriage retreat. I've been sleeping with my wife a lot more since that uh, marriage retreat. Oh, my gosh. Did a whole session on sex. I was like, this is the greatest church I have ever been in in my life. <laughs> Said spend your own money, sleep with your own, your own wife, and you know what else? Build buildings. Because it'll always keep you in dependence on God to move because you're always in the stretch. I'll tell you, a life that's in the stretch is a humble life because it's always needing God to come through for them. You know, we're not just believing that this church will grow and advance, but we're believing that your life will grow in advance as well. We actually are going to build buildings, but these buildings are going to be filled with people. People that have a big expression for God, a big footprint, big influence, represent him well. Amen? So let's get into this message. Um, 
The name of this message is called Grayscale. Grace Scale. And I'm going to hit on three parts of Grayscale. First, we're going to talk about how the scales of my eyes came off so I could see God's will and the grace that he intended for my life. The second is we're going to learn that nothing will scale your life like grace. Therefore, we need to learn to scale the grace on our life so that God can scale our lives. And then the third scale is God's weight measurement. You know, I happen to be in the business world, and I love to give big, and I like to write big checks, but I have learned in God's economy that there are weights and measures that have nothing to do with how many zeros are next to your, and, and there, is a, there is offerings that move the heart of God. Remember the, the, the widow with the two mites? All the people are like dropping in like all kinds of offerings, and, and Jesus like calls over his disciples. He's like, hey, hey, hey. Notice that lady right there, the one who didn't give much and yet gave everything. So I want you to understand something about vision builders. It's not, though, it's not for business leaders only. It's for everyone to give their all to build his kingdom. That's vision builders. That's the heart. So that's going to be the scale we're after. We're not comparing ourselves amongst ourselves. We're actually, we want our offering for vision builders to get onto his scale. Don't you want to move the heart of God? Yes. So uh, that's going to be grace scale. I'd love to get into the word of God. I love what your pastor here was saying. He was talking about how the, the greatest um, coaching and business coaching you've ever got is in the Bible. The reason that is, is 15% of the Bible deals with money and possessions. 15%, over 2,350 verses in the Bible deal with money and possessions. And uh, recently I was on an airplane flying, uh, I don't know where I was flying, but I was tinkering around with the technology in the back of the seat, and I was frustrated with the fact that I couldn't get my earbuds to sink to the seat, and I was just like fascinated with the technology. And then I looked out the window and I realized I was 30,000 feet up. And I was like, well, what's more astounding? The fact that I can listen and watch a movie on the back of this plane or the fact that I'm flying. <laughs> and I felt like flight was a little more extraordinary. The fact that I was in a 75,000 pound 737 Boeing plane, 30,000 feet up in the air on my way to a destination. And God started showing me that there's a reason why I was flying. It wasn't accidental. Because if I stepped off this stage right here, there's a law that would ground me. It's called gravity. But there's another law that will take you and elevate you above gravity. It's the law of lift and thrust. What I've found about the Bible, these 2,350 verses, is full of those promises and that empowerment that will get you off the ground. Do you think it's beneficial for your life individually to be off the ground, not to be grounded? Do you think it's beneficial for this church to be airborne on our way to our destination? The word of God is what's gonna do it. So let's jump in the word real quick. 
Got three short um, scriptures, but they're really apropos for a scaled grace message. Are we ready? It's going to be a good, good, good morning, a good 9 a.m. message. I feel like we're all going to be off the ground here at the end of this. I mean it. Let's start in Matthew 6, 19 through 21. It says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy. Thieves do not break in and steal. For wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. No one can serve two masters, for you'll either hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. And yet what I found about God, he doesn't want money to have me, but he's really not bothered by me having money. In fact, let's just read the next scripture. Of those 2,350 scriptures, yeah, a lot of them are warnings. He doesn't want you to get entangled with money. He doesn't. But let me say something about your father. He wants to get good things into your life. He just doesn't want them to run your life. Here's what he says in Proverbs 8, 18 through 19 and 21. He says, I have riches and honor. I, as well as enduring wealth and justice, my gifts are better than gold, even the purest gold. My wages are better than sterling silver. Those who love me inherit wealth. I fill their treasuries. It doesn't say those that love me earn wealth. It says those that love me inherit wealth. Therefore, that means somebody has wealth that wants me to have it, that actually paid a price for me to access it, and yet wants me to have access to it. And I'll tell you, one of the most important things about understanding biblical prosperity is that God God actually has it for you as an inheritance, not for you to earn, okay? So we'll get into that. Let's keep moving here, because I want to know how to inherit it. How, how do I access God's best for my life? Assuming that I've, I've passed the tests and I'm not going to let it shipwreck me, because I can't deny the warning labels. And so this 9 a.m. service is for people that don't want their life shipwrecked. They don't want money to to wreck them. They don't want to be all about money and chasing money and have the love of money. The love of money will ruin you. Nothing will ground your life quicker than the love of money. This isn't like the money church, but we do believe God wants to use money to build his church and advance his kingdom. And we believe there's a lot of people that have a call of God to grow in wealth, but wealth can wreck you. So assuming I don't want to screw up my life, and yet I want to inherit everything Christ paid for, he paid a pretty big price for us. I don't want to squander one drop of his blood. He paid a price to access the inheritance for us. 
I think it's an insult to him for me to come up short of what he paid for me. So, how do I access it? Is there a way? Let's read in Ephesians. It says, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith. Now, that word saved is the word, um, it's the word sozo, and it means transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. It means something has shifted inside of you, and you're actually a new creation. You have a new nature. You're not just forgiven. It doesn't say those, for it is by faith you've been, for it is by grace you've been forgiven. It says, for it is by grace you've been transformed. You've been given a new nature. You're now a son, an heir. For it is by for it is by grace you've been sozo, transformed, completely changed into a new creation through faith. That not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. That's how you access the promises. Let me just say something right now. You do not get to heaven by grinding. Now, I know we're in a culture that's all about grinding right now. And I love diligence. The diligent will rule. If you don't have a work ethic, yeah, you're not capable of stewarding the promises of God. But let me say something. You cannot, no matter how hard you work, make your way into heaven. And no matter how hard you work, you can't bring heaven here. There's one way to bring heaven into the earth. It's grace through faith. It's grace through faith. Now, you're going to need to learn how to work hard and be excellent and steward well so that you can manage heaven when grace gets it here. But there's only one way to get heaven into your world, and it's by grace, by the price Christ paid for you through faith. And I'll tell you, this: if there's one word that I know God brought me to share it's this word on grace, because I feel like God wants to enlarge the amount of grace he's getting to this church. Now, let me say something about that plain illustration, right? That plain illustration, those principles of lift, those principles of lift are the stewardship, the excellence, the faithfulness, the hard work, the diligence, the practicals, understanding your industry, being a good dad, being a good mom. Really, really the competence quotient needs to grow, okay, if, if you're going to be someone who flies. But the thrust, the power is God's grace through faith. The only person who can activate power is God. And it, and it goes on to say, so that what? No man can boast. Are you trying to next level in your own power? That's pride. It's funny. I've been meeting people because I'm in the marketplace all the time. I'm meeting people that are making covenants with grinding. Oh, be careful. You need to make a covenant with grace. Your grind needs to serve your grace because grace does not serve grinding. It does not serve grinding. Grinding needs to come up under grace. If you really want a next level, it's going to be by grace through faith. It's the only way. It's the only way. I feel like 
God would love to get some more power up in this church. But let me tell you, you, won't, you can't work for his power. You have to receive it. All right? <laughs> if that'll settle, that'll change your world. Okay, so let's talk about this a little bit. First of all, the scales had to come off of my life. When I was 31 years old, I promise you, Dr. Matt, you wouldn't have asked me to be sharing up here. I'd just gone through a divorce. I was living, sleeping on my mom's couch. I loved God, but I had these scales over my life that my life was supposed to work and function. I loved him like crazy, but nothing was working. My life wasn't functioning. It certainly wasn't flying. It wasn't soaring. And the scales that had to come off my life were these, that he loved me, that he was for me, that he created my life to function, that he actually wanted my life to be empowered, not disempowered, and he wanted my life to be functional, not dysfunctional. And, and I knew I was forgiven, and I knew he loved me, but I still had scales on my life that felt like the more messed up my life was, somehow the more glory he got because he forgave me. And God needed to take me into the reality that he created my life to work, and he's actually glorified by the fruit in my life and the function of my life. And I'm actually a greater testimony when God is transforming me into his nature, and I represent him well on the earth. So when I was 31 years old, even though I was going to heaven and I loved him, I wasn't taking a lot of people with me. I don't think I was representing him very well. I don't think you'd really want to hear from me. Hey, uh, we got Colin Higginbottom here, just went through a divorce. Yeah, he's broke, living on his mom's couch, 31 years old. Give it up. He loves Jesus, though. The reason I'm up here is I am a, I am, I am a recipient of massive amounts of transformation and grace. And what's encouraging is wherever you are, probably couldn't be much lower than where I was when I was 31. And what's cool is God can take you where you are. And if you can get the scales off of your life, off your eyes, and begin to see him the way he is, he's good, he's in a good mood, he's for you, he loves you, he paid a great price for you. If you can see that and you start to surrender your life to the fact that he's good and let me just say this. I don't know an engineer who designs planes who designs them to not fly. Haven't met one yet. And yet here we have this engineer, this God who engineered us. Do you think he engineered your life to not work? Remember, you're made in his likeness, in his image. He only ever imagined your life working. He never, ever dreamed up your life not functioning or flying. He's only ever, only ever designed you to fly. Only ever. He has no other plan. No other plan. And so the person who was grounding my life was me. Because I had a grounded thinking. I had limited thinking. I had small thinking. I had forgiven only thinking. I didn't have true sozo. I didn't understand the word saved. I thought saved meant I was going to heaven. And I was grateful. I had a lot of 
junk in my life. But I'm so much more grateful to be functioning and flourishing and actually making a difference on the planet, in my family, in my church. Amen? I think we need to get some scales off our life to really understand grace. I used to think grace was forgiveness. Grace is empowerment. Grace is thrust in my engine that gets me off the ground. I need power. There's a lot of gravity in our culture. It's easy to be grounded. There's more grounded people than flying people in God's church. Not this church. This church was built to fly. Let me tell you something. God is looking for a church that will fly for him. Do you think it gives God glory that he has a church that can't get anywhere? He has a destination and a time and people. He's on a schedule and he's ordained it to arrive on time and he can't even get the flipping plane off the ground. You think that brings him glory? He's, the eyes of the Lord are looking to and fro. Can I find a church that will go for me? Let me say something to you. If you want a life that flies, you need to be in a culture that flies. God wants your life to work. He wants it to fly. He wants this church to fly. I'm convinced the next level for this church is going to be accessed through, by grace through faith. Can you believe with me in this vision builders season for increased grace, increased power? You know what I love about Pastor Jurgen in this campus on San Marcos? It's the first campus we bought since this one where we didn't even have the money. All we had was faith. All we had was a word. But you know what I love about our church? We didn't start in grace, and then we end in wisdom and principle and practicals and balance sheets. I'm grateful for a church that balances the budget. But I'm even more grateful for a church that believes God to take cities. Come on. The next level, we've done a lot of work as a church here to build systems and structures. A lot of hard work. Anyone who's ever built systems and structures and tried to scale the organizations, they know how hard of a job it is. But the next level will be accessed by grace through faith. Will you believe with me in this season for the next level of power? All right. We're good. You know, that was great when I was 31. And you know what was cool? We built a building back then at my church. This is in Fife, Washington. And I think it was 2007. And it's the first time. And I'm going to share a couple numbers with you, if that's okay. Listen, not because I want you to think I'm some great giver. I was living on my mom's couch, okay, with nothing. If I'm not going to boast in my ability. <laughs> I know what I can do apart from God. Okay, nothing. <laughs> I want to boast in what he can do through a life that's taken the scales off and surrendered to him, okay? So I'm going to share some things, and I hope it activates and pokes somebody here who wants to scale, who, because the second component of scaling grace is understanding that grace is the thing that's going to scale your life. 
So we want to scale grace so your life can scale. All right, so uh, I, in 2007, I, after I got off the couch, I got into a good church. I got delivered. I got set free. I got married to the girl of my dreams. And believe it, after 15 years of a Two people who've been divorced were still married. In other words, God can take you from wherever you are and make your life work, okay? I got a great marriage. I love my wife. I, I just love life. But I also, he called me into business. And guess what? When God calls you to do something, he intends it to work. <laughs> and one of the first things we did in 07, remember what happened in 08 and 09, right? Didn't happen to us because our church was building the building, and in 07, the first time I'd ever written a $100,000 check, I remember being out in the parking lot, peeing my pants. <laughs> like, I, I'd hardly even ever made 100 grand, and yet we were going to write it. We felt like God called us to build this building. Felt like our destiny was somehow tied to putting God's house first, building his house before so he could build ours. I mean, somehow, when you've gotten your life so shipwrecked on your own, you're actually open to what God actually says. And the best thing that ever happened to me is I shipwrecked my life because I was finally, like, teachable and open, okay? So I was like, God, I just want to do it your way. I tried it my way. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes your greatest setback is the best thing that could ever happen to you. Ever, 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 ever. So I remember writing that check, and uh, our business just didn't shrink during the recession. Everyone was losing their jobs in Seattle. I mean, everyone was. And, and, and we weren't like growing gangbusters at the time, but we, we never went backwards. And I traced it back to that $100,000 check we wrote. Here's the problem, though. That church quit building buildings. They succumbed to the recession. And so the next year went by, and I was all excited, and there was no stretch for me. There was no building project that year. And then the next year came by, there was no building project. And I want you to know, the first time we stretched, I didn't have the money. It was a stretch. That's what a stretch is. It means you're not there, and you, you're trying to go somewhere. You, like me, try to stretch, touch my toes right now. You're going to tell it's just a long way off, you know? Got a little, little work to do. Well, the next year, there's no opportunity to stretch. Then the next year. So now all of a sudden, it's 2010, and we haven't stretched since 2007. Because I don't know about you, but if there's not an opportunity to stretch, I like comfort. I'm not going to stretch just because. So there was no demand on our faith. So therefore, guess what? We atrophied. We quit growing. We capped. We hit lids. Our business hit some lids. But God wanted to grow us. So guess what? He brought us down here to a church that likes to build buildings. Guess what happened? The first time we got down here, we, in 2012, Vision Builders, we just gotten down here. It's Vision Builders. They're going to build something. I think they were building this campus right here. So guess what we did? We got crazy again. And we wrote another $100,000 check for the first time since 07. But here's the difference about a church like this. In 2013, we were building another campus. 
2014, we were building South Campus. 2015, you see, remember what Phil Pringle told Pastor Jurgen: if you don't want your life to slow down, because remember, David had problems when he quit going to war. When he felt like he'd kind of arrived, and he's looking around, and he started seeing, if he would have been out where he was supposed to be, taking ground for the kingdom, he would not have stumbled. Believe me, he who rows the boat generally doesn't have time to rock it. You know what I mean? You got to stay rowing, baby. You got to keep rowing. You got to keep going somewhere. So, I want you to know something. Not, again, listen, I know what I can do. Not much. But my life in God's hands, stretching to accomplish. What we basically, why Vision Builders has changed our life is because it's given us an opportunity to stay in a perpetual state of stretching. And every year our life's gone up. Every year our giving's gone up. Every year we've, we've pushed ourselves to the next level. And I got to tell you something. Every year God's come through for us. In fact, this year the stretch was so severe, I was like, God, I need a break from stretching. He says, do you want a break from seeing my miracles? I didn't call you to comfort. I need someone who will build my kingdom with me. I want to show myself strong. I can't have you thinking this is about you. He's like, you can't arrive. I need to do, the church is in a place where it's desperate to take ground right now. So I got back off my pity party, put my victim card back, traded it back in. And um, we're going to go again, you know? You think he's going to come through for us? How about you? Think he's going to come through for you? Show himself strong on your behalf? Let me finish with one story. Ah, flip. You know what? I'm going to tell this story because I think a lot of us feel like Vision Builders is for business leaders and for people that make money. And, and I'm going to tell you, in the same way that worship team isn't for worship leaders, it's for all of us. We're all supposed to worship. Vision Builders, some of us, yeah, we're our leaders. Some of us are, are championing it. Some of us are pushing the envelope. Some of us are taking us into an atmosphere. But all of us. And I want to end with this story. It's an incredible story. One of my heroes is Dr. Young E. Cho from the Full Gospel Church in South Korea. Dr. Young E. Cho um, actually raised up 10,000 millionaires in his church in a nation that was in complete poverty in 1973. And the single factor that brought the most breakthrough was building a church, prioritizing the kingdom. And I want to tell you this story because it wasn't the 10,000 millionaires that changed the game. So when our present church was being built in 1973, the dollar was devalued. This caused the Korean won, the currency tied to the U.S. dollar, to suffer, and we entered into a deep recession. Then the oil crisis hit us, worsening our already fragile economy, and our people lost their jobs, and our income went down. Having signed contracts with a construction company and experiencing an unprecedented increase in building costs, I suffered greatly. This is Dr. Cho telling the story in one of his biographies. 
He says, I, I seeing the possibility of financial collapse, despondently I sat in my unfinished church building wishing the still bare rafters would fall on me. I'm just grateful that the largest church in the world also went through some crisis, went through some pain. I found no one on their way to do anything great for God doesn't have some pain. <laughs> seeing that only a, a miraculous inter intervention, seeing that only grace through faith would deliver us from a catastrophe, I joined the intercessors at Prayer Mountain. One evening while we were meeting it to pray on the ground floor of an unfinished church, several hundred joined me in prayer. An old woman walked slowly in my direction. As she approached the platform, I noticed that tears were filling her eyes, and she bowed and said, Pastor, I want to give these two items to you that you may sell them for a few pennies to help with our building fund. I looked down, and in her hands were an old rice bowl and a pair of chopsticks. I said to her sister, I, I, can't, I can't take these from you. I can't take these necessities from you. She says, Pastor, I'm, I'm an old woman. I have nothing of value to give my Lord, yet Jesus has graciously saved me. These items are the only things in the world I possess, she exclaimed. Tears now flowing freely down her wrinkled cheeks. You must let me give these to Jesus. I can place my rice on old newspapers and I can use my hands to feed myself. I know that I will die soon, so I don't want to meet Jesus without giving him something on this earth. As she finished speaking, everyone there began to weep openly. The Holy Spirit's presence filled the place, and we all began to pray in the Spirit. A businessman in the back of the group was deeply moved and said, Pastor Cho, I want to buy that rice bowl and those chopsticks for $1,000. With that, everyone started to pledge their possessions. My wife and I sold our small home and gave the money to the church. That's their story of how the largest church in the world was built. It wasn't built on the back of a millionaire. It was built on the back of a woman who moved the scale of God. And I want to say something right now. We need everyone to take this city. We don't just need the business leaders. We do need you. We need you to grow and scale and stretch. But we need everyone's prioritization of his reputation in this city. We need everyone laying our life down for the kingdom of God. Amen? All right. I'm going to lead us in prayer real quick. And uh, if you're here today, and I feel like there's three people here. One, your scales are on your eyes, and you haven't yet seen how good God is and how much he loves you, and you need to meet your engineer. <laughs> you need to meet the one that loves you and paid a great price for you and died for you. The second group of people are people that you need your life to scale. You've hit some ceilings. Some, some, you, you're capped. You're not growing anymore. Something happened, and you're, you're no longer, you're stuck God wants to get grace on you. And the third is some of you feel like maybe you, your gift, your offering won't move the needle enough. So why? Why participate in Vision Builders? And I just want to say that 
there was a woman with some chopsticks and a bowl that moved the, the needle quite a lot. And, but you're feeling disqualified by your maybe how many zeros are on your check. And don't, don't get on the scales of man. God wants you to offer him on his scales. But let's start with the first people here. If you're in this place and you know God is good and he's for you and he loves you and you need to give your life to him. The scales need to come off. If you're here and that's you, could you just lift your hand? I want to pray for you. I see you guys in the back. Yeah. Just lift your hand and when I see you, you can put it down. If you're here and you know, yeah, sir, I see you. You know that you need Jesus Christ to just remove the scales from your eyes. You can come in to relationship with him. Oh yeah, I can see you back there. Sir, thanks for being so courageous, so honest. Come on, I feel like there's a couple other of us. We, we maybe even play the religious game, and like I was at 31, I was religious, but I just didn't have a relationship with my engineer, with the one who designed me to work. Who else? Yes, sir, in the back. Man, I see you. I see a touch of God on you, too. I see you in the future in the front. I don't know who you are. Right now you're in the back, but I see you in the future in the front something on you. Who else? I'm telling you, there's a couple more people here. You have no idea the impact of the scales coming off your eyes. Don't miss this moment. Don't miss this moment. Wow. Can I start with you guys real quick? Would you, would, can we all stand? Can we all stand? There's about, I don't know, maybe seven of us that just prayed. We're going to stay in our seat real quick or, or in, in where we are. Just repeat after me, would you? Father God, thank you for engineering my life to function, to purchasing me out of dysfunction and brokenness and bringing me in to light and life and salvation and sozo, which is the God life in me. I receive today your God life by faith, your divine transformational empowerment that takes me out of darkness and brings me into your family and brings me into light. In Jesus' name, I receive my inheritance as a son or daughter, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to c3sandiego.com.